there, my friends. It is I, Stephen Brown Cortez, and you have arrived to the Why the F Not podcast. Today, this is episode 48. My guest today is Zach Elefante. Zach is uh, a friend from work, uh, from Disneyland. He is an engineer, uh, a Tony Stark, if you will, uh, uh, Peter Parker, if you will. He doesn't have the funds of Tony Stark, so let's go with Peter Parker. He uses what he can. This is this was a really a really fun talk. We uh, we get we we went from uh, talking about his gadgetry to to just diving into star wars and finding the complexity of humanity within those scenes we'll get started right now hope you're comfy come on in let's go recording now we're talking about this why not i mean when it comes to topics of this show it's it's whatever we want to talk about. I'll take like I'll definitely be asking you like, hey, like what are you geeking out about and whatnot, right? Like tell me what, like what you got going because I have I have questions already about you, uh, <laughs> Mister okay. Mister Zach. Uh, for those <laughs> listening, because we've been officially recording now. Uh, this is uh, my good friend Zach. Your last name Elefante. Am I pronouncing right. that correct? Zach yes. Elefante, a friend of mine. Uh, we worked together at a magical little place called Disneyland. That's and right. uh, I, so, w- why did I ask you to come on? Because I reached out to you, obviously, and I asked you why. I asked you because, so the show's called Why the F Not, right? And right. I, uh, when it comes to people, I've been, because I've been asking a lot of people to be on this show, I've been just letting curiosity lead me, right? uh like and where to live yeah uh, yeah right just be curious to, you don't know something something i was just talking to a friend my friend brian shout out brian uh i was talking to him about like the older i get the more i figure out that i don't understand anything at all <laughs> well you know i think there's a little bit of wisdom in that uh, I don't know who originally said it, but I remember Neil deGrasse Tyson saying that the the real wisdom is, you know, you start out learning about something and you think you know everything there is to know about it. And then you start to realize that, oh, I don't really know anything about this. And you kind of reach this nice plateau place of, I know a good chunk of this, but I know that there's so much more to mm. learn. And that's the real sort of soft spot of wisdom. And there's like a comfort in that. At least that's yeah. how I feel. There's a comfort. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I, I think it's just comfortable enough to kind of keep you learning and keep you going for more. But you do feel satisfied with what you've got. Already. Jesus. Oh, my God. Hello. This podcast has always featured my dog. Uh this is a homemade podcast. That's not more evident. <laughs> by Milo, you're not going to attack anybody. Milo, my, you know what? I feel okay about this, and I don't even want to edit this out because do you know who Kevin Smith is, Zach? Yes, I do. Uh, so Kevin Smith is honestly one of my biggest inspirations, even the inspiration to me making a podcast and even the title of the podcast. He was an inspiration. But his podcast, uh, Smodcast, uh, his dog, Checky, is always fucking barking. <laughs> like it's like a running gag he's always like checky shut up 
You know, see, so, if only we could get the dogs to be on the podcast as a guest, I think that's all they want, right? I mean, my, I, I don't know if Milo's aware, but if you scroll to the first episode of the YDF Now podcast, the first cover of the podcast is just a picture of him. That's right. I remember. I, I was a very early listener of this podcast. Unfortunately, I'm, I'm not so savvy now that I listen all the time, but I remember the first couple episodes. Yeah, that was I starting this during during Disneyland. Um, it was either during our time at Disney or it was just after. Mm. I think it was during because it was I would listen on my long car rides on my big commute that I had to work, and so I think I think it was during our time there. Oh shit! Well, damn man, thanks. <laughs> well, back to you. I'm gonna throw back on you really quick. Back to curiosity. So sure. back to you and how I got curious about you and wanting you to be on the show. I went on your Instagram profile and, you know, just to get to know you a little bit better. Uh, and I saw that you had a link and I clicked the link. Uh oh. And when I clicked, the, it was an Etsy link, right? Correct. And it's an Etsy link where you make web shooters. Is that correct? You make web shooters? Sort of. Sort of make web shooters. Because like, I've always known you to be this Tony Stark, Peter Parker-esque, like, 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 like gadget gizmo type of guy, always making something, especially when it came to your costumes. You had that awesome hat that had a mask that pulled down, dude. Yeah, that's like, right. You're, you're, you're fucking ingenious, dude. But can be a little crafty sometimes. <laughs> I, I, if anything, I, I'd love to like hear you talk about that and like what what had you start tinkering? Uh, wow, that's an interesting question um, because it's it's really something that has been a part of me for as long as I've been me. Um, I can remember, you know, as far back as I can think to being in in kind of daycare type scenarios, um, being obsessed with like dress up time. We didn't, we, you know, the whole day was structured and you had homework time and, and other things. But when, whenever we had days where one of the activities was a dress up time, that was my jam. Mm. And it, it was usually, you know, some kind of terribly thrown together closet of old Halloween costumes of the daycare's family <laughs> just nice. kind of thrown in. And, I remember we'd all get our costumes on and then we'd go out back and we would play. And I think it, I just sort of naturally started combining multiple different things. I want Batman's cape and I want this thing and that thing and this. And I would kind of create my own outfit and then we'd go out and play. And I think that really stemmed into eventually I wanted things that weren't there. Right. I, I wanted something that was in my head, but I couldn't make it with what I had here and, and things like that. And so I started just getting really, really crafty, um, especially in my early years. I was a huge, huge lover of cardboard and tape. That nice. was my big thing. Oh, Dug yeah. Tape, like clear, fingers tape, what, what, any tape of preference? Anything, anything that sticks. <laughs> Damn. Uh, yeah, I remember my my best friend's family always used to kind of poke fun that I could use a whole roll of tape in one sitting. It was just... And you it, just it was let bad. your imagination go wild with that roll of tape. 
Yeah, yeah, anything I could come up with. Um, construction paper was a big thing, and I would make little ships sometimes, or I'd make little puppets and just little things that were kind of my fascination at the time. And then, um, you know, when, when you start to become an adult, your hobbies from when you were a kid just grow and get bigger and more expensive. And so <laughs> naturally. those, those paper crafts that I was making turned into Legos and that turned into other, you know, building mediums. And now, now I'm working with metal and casting plastic and, and lots of different things. So anything mm. I can get my hands on. Dude, like it, it just sounds like since, since you were young, you just had this inventor's mentality, this Wayne Zielinski esque like, <laughs> like I want this. It's not here. Like I, 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 like, I don't know if I can make it, but I, I, it needs to be here. Right. Right. And you know, they say engineering is really just problem solving. Mm. I have this problem in my life or in someone else's life. How am I going to solve that? But I think that that concept can be applied to a lot of different areas, you know, even if the, the problem is ridiculous. I want to be Spider-Man all the time. And why can't I be Spider-Man all the time? <laughs> well, what if I put Spider-Man's mask and I attached it to a ball cap that I could wear all the time, but when I want to, I can be spider-man <laughs> dude honestly uh, i was blown away when you brought that in that was the coolest fucking thing i've ever thank seen you thank you <laughs> it wow. is it is a very fun piece i get a lot of compliments on that so it just seems like <laughs> it, and it, it's all about play like you mentioned playing like it all started with playing with costumes right and like like our our our, our hobbies are the things we like as kids it grows with us as we grow but like I don't know. Do you still feel like you're playing? Do you still feel like a little kid still? You know, I think I think I do still play, but my version of play has changed. Mm. Whereas when I was a kid, I was putting the costume together to then go play and be that character. And I still do that, clearly for work. <laughs> as performers, we both understand playing on a stage. Oh, it's the uh, best, But man. now I think as an adult, the actual play time for me is the building and the mm. designing and fabrication. You know, I, I enjoy showing off my work to people who appreciate it, but where I'm really kind of jazzing and, and making that playtime is when I'm sitting at my desk working with those materials or, or 3d modeling or something like that. That's become the playtime. And does, does it start on a, on a like pencil and paper or a 3d modeling? Where does it start? Um, for me, for the most part, all up in my head. I, I tend to save things in my head for a very long time. Uh, usually if I, if I start working on something at my desk, it's already been thought over hours and hours and hours. Jesus, maybe even months. are you serious? Yeah, I just, Sounds I feel impressive. like I can. <laughs> Thank you. It's, it's very chaotic up here. How <laughs> so fun. That's careful. a fun kind of chaos, man. <laughs> but I, I think it helps me because when I'm thinking about something so, you know, borderline obsessive, mm -hmm. I can weed out a lot of the issues that I might run into before I even start spending on materials. You know, ah. I can think my way through any problems that I might have and come up with solutions or alternatives to try if it goes wrong. Um, yeah. And then when, when you're thinking about something for a long time, you really just want it to happen. It, that motivation sits there. And then when you finally get in front of it, it, it drives you through the rest of it. 
So there's there's a lot of like methodical planning beforehand, but uh, like, is there any is there any like like while you're in the midst of of using your hands, once you're past the thought phase, like, do you find any moments of uh, of like what's the word? of fun, of something spontaneous, of something like, oh, maybe I'll do this instead. Like, does that ever happen? Or does your plan just stay consistent from beginning to end? Uh, no, you, you really do have to be flexible when you're here at the table. You know, it, you can think your way through a million different things and you're still going to be surprised by something always, right? There's a quote... I, w- I want to say it's a Baz Luhrmann quote, but I can't remember for sure. But it's something talking about creating worries through your day or, or trying to solve worries through your day is like trying to solve a math problem by chewing bubble gum. <laughs> the, the things that are really going to stump you or, or throw you a curveball are the things that you never worried about. Ah. Right. So I can sit all day in my head and think about how I'm going to sew this or how I'm going to 3D print that. But when I actually sit down and get to it, it's going to be a little bit different. So you do have to be flexible. And sometimes that spontaneity in the moment can get you something that's really good and better than what you thought, you know, time before. You, you make me think of um, when I was in high school, my senior year kind of the first time I really did a big Halloween costume. I was making an Iron Man suit and I thought probably for weeks about how the heck I was going to add these kind of golden pivots in the shoulder pieces. And I'm sitting at my desk and really racking my brain. I have no clue what I'm going to do. I grab my water bottle. I take a swig and I realize, oh my gosh, the water bottle cap is the perfect size. (laughs) It couldn't have been more perfect. And it was sitting right there on my desk the whole time. So I got some water bottles, I, I got hydrated, and I took the caps and painted them gold, and the rest is history. <laughs> Dude, that's so rad. Like, what you're searching for is searching for you. You got to just be aware. You got to be in the that's moment. Right. Yeah, God. exactly. And you got to really know what's around you and how it can be used, whether it is correct or incorrect. <laughs> yeah, think outside the box. Right, exactly. That cap wasn't meant to be yellow inserts for an iron man suit but you're like you know what repurposed that's right you know maybe that's what they wanted (laughs) don't be talking about giving inanimate objects like (laughs) sentient thought that's a whole other rabbit hole man (laughs) (laughs) so are you working on anything currently i am yeah um i have i usually have a couple different things running at the same time um one because of the chaos in my head and two, because sometimes these things need, maybe maybe it is more mental time to think about the next steps or I need materials or things mm-hmm. like that. So I usually have about four to five going at one time. Wow. Um, but right now I'm, I'm still working on those, those uh, ball caps, trying to refine them a little bit, in talks with somebody, maybe about looking for a manufacturer and seeing some kind of um, patent options and things. So that's very exciting. Dude, I would happily plug your yachts anytime. If once those Thank start you. popping out and you're like, you just need a, sm- I, this is not a big platform here at the YF now podcast, but you know what? It's a platform and I will give your caps that platform. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that. It'll, it'll certainly come to you once they, once they get mass production. <laughs> like, 
people listening, like, you don't understand how cool these caps are. You're wearing a backwards cap, and then there's a portion of the cap that slides down in front of your face, eye level. Like, does it go, like, nose, Zach? That's that's some of the stuff I'm working on. It's oh. still very early stages right now. Um, I've I've really got the one kind of working prototype, and I'm trying to adjust it so it's a little more of a wider net, you know, you can capture mm-hmm. more than just the one version. So got a couple different uh, versions bouncing around, but we'll see what happens. I can't say much. Cause like I said, it's still very early stages, but of course we don't want to give it away. <laughs> so are you self-taught like all these different skills to just the Thomas metal work and plaster work, <laughs> sewing and not just designing, you know, just, but is this all self-taught? For the most part, yes. Um, I find that I'm very motivated to learn new things, um, mm. especially when it comes to fabrication techniques or, or kind of whatever my next interest in. You, you really have to have that kind of deep motivation to want to learn something and make it stick because, you know, we've all grown up in school and sure, I'm going to learn math because they told me I need to learn math and that I think often will be the reason why people don't want to learn it. Mm. But when you yourself want to go seek something out and learn, you find a lot more motivation that way. And so a lot of what I do, sewing and casting and and 3D modeling and and 3D printing and things, is just because I had that deep urge to want to do it and Mm. want to use that as a tool for whatever I wanted to make. So yeah, a lot of this I'm self-taught. took some big steps, especially through the end of high school and college years, because I, I wanted to learn bigger things. Like I said, our hobbies get more expensive. So I wanted to learn how to sew. It was just, well, I need a sewing machine. So I bought one and months later I had my, my first Captain America suit, which is how I kind of taught myself to sew. Your first Uh, sewing project was a Captain America suit. That's right. Yeah. What what was it? What, what, What was it comprised of? Uh, I used a waxed canvas, just kind of like a Jansport backpack, but a little more shiny and slick. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I made Captain America's stealth suit from the Winter Soldier film. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, and that was my first big sewing project. Um, I I certainly don't recommend this to anybody, but I find a lot of productivity in biting off more than I can chew and just making it work. Because <laughs> <laughs> I feel like if I tell a lot of people, this is what I'm going to make, well, now I've got to do it. <laughs> There's accountability so, there. <laughs> exactly. Right. Exactly. So it can be very motivating when people are asking you about, hey, did you ever finish that thing? Like once, once it becomes more than just a mere thought and you utter the words to people and they're heard, you're like, fuck, it's real now. That's it's right. more you know real what? than that might be why things stay in my head for so long. If I don't tell anyone about it, then I don't have to start working on it yet. <laughs> it gives me the extra time to think about it. <laughs> yeah. You got to You got to keep it in before it's ready. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Something else I was curious about and I'm not. And also Stephanie was also curious about this one. I wanted to talk about your TikTok account. Interesting. Okay. Your, week, your weekly recaps. I've been finding them so fascinating, first off. Thank you. Just the way they're shot. You just got a very good eye. You have a very good eye. You have a sense of timing. Like, they just flow really well. 
Um, <laughs> but I guess I wanted to start with with what sparked the first weekly recap. Um. Well, I I've always loved films, and I studied film in college, amongst the other handful of things I decided to take classes in. <laughs> but uh, I really enjoyed it, and I found that it was tough to continue when I was out of school because in school you have a group of people that kind of all want to do this thing. So they'll mm-hmm. all help you out and be actors and, and whatever they're going to do. But after that, it was kind of just me trying to coerce people into, hey, let's make this movie, and, and then they've got other things going on. So I'd kind of dropped film in general for a while. Um, but I've always loved filmmaking. I've had the attempt at a YouTube channel. I've had the attempt at short films, you know, things like that. But through, especially through the pandemic, a lot of people started streaming. A lot of people started being creative at home because that's what we were forced to do. Right. <laughs> You're stuck with and, yourself. Right. Exactly. I wanted to join, but I, I, I don't know. It just wasn't clicking. Something wasn't happening. And I found that in everyone else's boom of social media, I was regressing. I, I couldn't do it. I didn't feel like whatever I was going to post was worth it out there. And it was never going to be done and things like that. So I just kind of buried myself in a hole. Mm. Um, and I felt myself being so disconnected from social media that I had this inner fear, you know, the world was going to forget about me. Um, through the pandemic, I, I worked a very secret type job, so I couldn't really film and do much. But when that job was coming to an end, I decided, you know, just as I mentioned a minute ago, what if I told people I was going to post at this time, every single whatever frequency it was going to be, then there's that accountability, right? Mm-hmm. People are expecting it. Right. And I have something to motivate me to do it. Whether I'm happy about it or not, I've got to put it out. <laughs> <laughs> so I made a big announcement that I, you know, kind of expressing these feelings of, of being forgotten online and I want to participate. And so this is my way to motivate myself to participate. And um, we are 42 weeks in now to mm, the weekly check-in. Congratulations. Thank you. Happy yeah. 42, the meaning of life. That's right. <laughs> yep, so I, I've been keeping at it, and we're, we're nearing a year on them. And I may change it up a little bit out of year, but for the most part, I feel pretty happy with them being able to work those creative juices in the filmmaking uh, ways and be able to engage with people online and let people know what I'm up to. Yeah, it's been nice. Is this is this getting your your filmmaking uh, itch or your the bug a little a little stronger? Are you are you motivated to make uh, to to write or to expand your filming? Uh, I'm certainly inspired. Uh, okay, <laughs> thoughts are building. A lot of the shots that I put into these check-ins are because I'm somewhere and I have an idea of, oh, it would be really cool to shoot this this way. Mm. Sort of the, the more technical side of filmmaking. Um, if you're asking me if it's inspiring me to work on a bigger film-type project, it kind of is. I have some ideas rolling around, some, you know, some things that I'd like to say to the world. Um, oh. and, and might be using filmmaking as a medium, but 
just like my other projects, these things are still bouncing around in the, the mental drawing board for a little while, and then we'll see what happens. Just say it out loud right now. Say it out loud, <laughs> and then you'll have some serious uh, accountability. That's right. You know what? Okay, I'll give you a little taste. I, oh, I'm, yes. Okay, I'm a little taste. thinking about a little teeny tiny short film, mm-hmm. probably in the five-minute range, just talking about anxiety. And I know everyone Ooh. and their mother is talking about anxiety, but I have a feeling that I can have a little bit of unique say on how it, at least how it hits me and maybe hits other people and, and how all that connects to social media. You know what the song says, let it come from you, then it'll be new, you know, and it'll be That's true. Right. So whatever your vision is for like anxiety, anxiety and what it is, I mean, COVID again, the quarantine forced us to like look at ourselves and anxiety was, it was there. And if not, it wasn't there, it got there and it grew. Right. Yeah, exactly. And there was like this like grand social anxiety that we were all collectively feeling while at the same time just having our own day-to-day household anxiety. Right. Yeah, and we live in such a strange time now that everyone has these kind of big collective experience, staying Mm -hmm. at home or finding new jobs, things like that, all at once. But then at the same time, all of those experiences are so vastly different. And so it can be a little hard to connect, I think, over things that have happened because on the surface, they are all sound the same, yet they're so different. They're so personal to everybody. Perspective. Yeah. Perspective. God. I want to let that one sit a little bit. That was a good one. Let it sizzle, right? And I want to, now I want to, I want to take us somewhere a little a little bit more fun. You've been you've been geeking out about anything? You watching any of those uh Disney Plus Marvel shows? Fortunately not. I'm a little behind. Oh, what what's the most recent thing you've seen? Uh the most recent from the Marvel machine is uh well, certainly seen the the feature films. Um Multiverse of Madness was really good. Um, and I think I'm caught up as much as Moon Knight when it comes to the series. Oh, nice. Okay. okay. Yeah. I haven't seen Miss Marvel yet. I'm here in kind of a mixed bag, but that only kind of makes me more excited to go and watch, you know, please, please go watch yeah. right on. I, I don't, <laughs> I was talking to this. I was talking about this with, uh, with, uh, Gabriella on an, on a previous episode about how fandoms are ruining the experience of just of the content we have and in, okay. and in many facets whether it's you know the toxic uh uh was it um when someone uh when they like protect gate what is that term gatekeeping you know, oh, right. it started with gatekeeping, you know, like uh, you, you, you haven't been you haven't been reading comic books. You can't be into this. And then like it expanded to just we know more than you or like we know what's better. Like what's what are they? What's Kevin Feige thinking? What is Marvel doing? But like it's getting so like and then also there's the other side of the fandom where the speculation like for multiverse of madness there's so much speculation and theorizing about who was going to be in it what was going to be happening that loki it built the movie in my mind so yeah. grand that once once i saw it 
I was a little bummed it wasn't what I built in my mind. And and I don't know if that's just what's happening with, with people right now, especially with just Marvel's cinematic universe or just the universe in a whole. Uh, fuck, I lost that train of thought, dude. That derailed so quick. <laughs> no, 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 that's all right. But, I, uh, I understand what you're saying. And, and I've thought about this a lot because I did this at a very young age. You watch things that you love so much and... Oh, it's another year for the next movie to come out. Well, you're thinking about this movie for a year now and what you want to happen and all these things. And you kind of, you do kind of get bummed because I think as an audience, you, you kind of do take a little bit of ownership of making something what it is, right? Especially something that runs as long and as vast as the Marvel universe or, or Star Wars and things like that. Those things grow because of the, audience that it has you know if way back in the day if if a new hope flopped guess what we wouldn't have any of those movies <laughs> so it really is the audience as a whole that builds it and now after all this time and after everything we personally have invested if it goes south or it goes in a direction you weren't thinking of you, you kind of feel bad and and honestly i i do think this is a little bit of Star Wars to blame because Star Wars and and you know that's heavy words for me because I'm a big Star Wars fan oh and I we can get into that please continue no 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 keep continuing because I I love yes go I think I think you know back in the day George made a really really great trilogy and people really loved it and they Mm -hmm. just wanted more and more and so we got the books people started Mm -hmm. writing books and the moment George acknowledged them. And and I don't mean to talk down on any of the books or, or legends and things, but the moment George acknowledged them as maybe part of canon or legends or give them a name or anything, it means I I have a part of Star Wars now. You know, uh. I, I get to make part of this too. And then when the terms change, when the big mouse steps in and cuts all those out of the picture, now you do feel a little bit jaded. Because, well, last year this was a part of it and now it's not. And now as audiences are, are watching and these things are growing into such huge machines, we're all taking a little bit of that ownership because they want to share it, but it's also theirs, right? Mm-hmm. They they want to say to the audience, you can have everything that you want. This is your story too, but I'm in control of it. <laughs> and so it's just that they're trying to get you invested enough and it's working right it's well, just it's such a strange uh situation to come about because movies in general any kind of art form right a song is made it's not the artists anymore once they make and release it right it belongs to the audience but once it's out there and the audience loves the song the movie the painting the whatever the, the book whatever it is once they fall in love with this piece of art once they grow attached to this piece of art i mean should the audience have say as to where it goes an interesting question because yes we can all have our opinions we're like especially when it comes to like star wars that has such a huge history right but if you remember the first star wars george lucas and the crew they weren't thinking we're making the next greatest sci-fi film well they 
they were all invested, but they were all, but they all were, they all knew that this is a B film sci-fi flick. This isn't some blockbuster Hollywood groundbreaking piece. This was just a sci-fi film, you know, that it was a, it was a passion project for sure. There was heart behind it, but it wasn't this grandiose, uh, Titan that it is now. That just happened with time, right? More movies right. came out, uh, and the, 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 the audience grew with it. But I mean, and then capitalism gets involved because then the move, then, then the, about to say, the then money, the, then, money comes yeah, in. <laughs> because then the series becomes about toys. Even back in the day with the first three, it was about toys. That's right. Pumping out them toys, making that money back tenfold, making the specials, making uh, everything we could make lunch boxes, posters, merch, 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 push it. And who was buying that mo- mainly? kids we were we were doing it yeah we were <laughs> we were eating it up and now yes we grew up we did grow up and now we got these new star wars trilogy movies that came out right new one came out we may have changed but the people making this movie their goals haven't changed it's right. to make money pump out toys get kids to like the movies like yeah, make the make the fans happy. Make some make something of quality, of course. Make it of quality, but we're gonna have moments like in what was it? It was um, it was one of the newer from the newer from the new trilogy. It was that moment where Poe and Finn were on were on that speeder with Chewbacca, and the stormtrooper jumps and like yeah. they can they can fly now and. And then there's this whole hubbub about that, that, yeah, that they had a toy and this. And that moment was just to sell the Stormtrooper toy. That's right. That's all that was about. And it really does. I feel like the quality, like you're saying, quality is often on the opposite end of mm. making money. Because oh. you're right. They, they did that just to sell a toy of a Stormtrooper who, oh, I'm sorry, a First Order Trooper. Oh, different. Yeah. Who has a jetpack, which is cool. I like that too. I like jetpacks, but Finn has been training his whole life with the stormtroopers, so he should know that they fly now. <laughs> like, is he really that unaware that they haven't had jetpacks? Right. It's one of my favorite memes I've seen from that movie. Just the they fly now, and then every iteration of Mandalorians, clone troopers, stormtroopers, everyone leading up to that point having jetpacks already. <laughs> like, oh, you'd think he'd know about that. I don't know. I mean, wasn't he like janitorial? Yeah, that's true. He but, well, actually, he he had a blaster at yeah. the beginning of Force Awakens. Yeah, they had him down on the planet, kind of as a. Uh, was he just promoted? Was that his first time out on the field? And he's oh, like, "Oh man, this is not what I thought, dude." Could you imagine your your mopping floors your whole life? You put in for transfer. You wait months. <laughs> Finally. Yep. You know what? We're transferring you. Here's a blaster. We're going down to this planet. You're going to murder a whole group of innocent people. Go ahead. <laughs> like, uh, what? I was thinking HR, security, maybe. Yeah, yeah exactly. No, no. Frontline. Get in the get in the shuttle. Maybe Finn is just really good with numbers. He wanted to go into accounting. <laughs> you never know. He, yeah. He'll never and, know now. Goddamn first order. Destroyed another dream. That's right. If right. only they had a counselor they could just go talk to and get some different classes in their schedule. I don't know. Might have had a completely different trilogy. 
If every single person that was employed by the first order was given, say, uh, one of those quizzes that says what kind of career would be good for you, I can imagine that uh, that positive ratings for the first order would go up tenfold. You know what? Oh, I'm, I, I'm putting my money on that. Agree. Oh, yeah, definitely. And imagine how much happier they'd be about destroying planets and committing mass genocide. They'd be like, oh, no, that's fine. That's fine. No, no. We, oh, we, <laughs> we got rights here. We're good. <laughs> I got dental last week. You know what I mean? That's right. <laughs> uh, I got a big, a big question for you, and this is like a, maybe a three-parter, but we'll see. But may, from because I want to ask you what's your favorite Star Wars movie, but I think it'd be better to ask from each trilogy what was your favorite film. Okay, I like that version of that question better. Well, definitely original trilogy. I have to go with Empire. Oh, same, dude. Yeah. Tell me why for you, please. Tell me. You get a little bit of everything, right? You, you get a lot about the force, mm. a lot about the kind of mystical side of things. You get the big Hoth scenes with the, the battles and chaos. You get a really, really nice lightsaber fight oh. in the end of that. That's my, probably my favorite lightsaber duel behind... Revenge of the Sith. Mm, classic. But I, I think I think the Luke and Vader fight at the end of Empire, there's a lot of emotion in that. Mm-hmm. And a lot of um it just means a lot more. But when you when you compare Vader and Luke's fight in Empire to Phantom Menace, right? The the Darth Maul and Obi Wan and Qui Gon, great fight. Everything looks awesome. What are they fighting about? They don't know. They're they're all fighting someone else's battle, right? They just met. Yeah. They don't know what's behind the other's eyes. They're kind of just there to to duke it out for no other personal people. stakes <laughs> whatsoever. Right? So it is just a lot of cool flashy moves because they don't know why they're fighting. They're just fighting. Yeah. Versus Luke and Vader. Luke's just found out this is his dad. It's his own flesh and blood and now he's got to take him out. And Vader probably knew for a while. And now has to come to terms with it of what am I going to do right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a very emotional fight. So I think Empire takes the cake for me out of the original trilogy. Mm. I love um, how I love how they depict Luke's anger when his, when his fighting stance changes and he starts slamming more. Yeah, love, like at first glance you're like, oh, he's just fighting, whatever. But when you look into it and you're like, oh wait, he's tapping into something else. Right. And it's that physicality that uh, communicates that on screen. You know, it's there's a, a movie with um, James McAvoy. He plays I can't remember what the movie's called, but he plays someone with multiple personalities. Split. Yes, split. Mm, that's a good. One. I love the physicality that he uses in that movie because you can see each character change. They don't have to say a word, but you know who's in the room, and that's kind of you know what we see on Luke too when he's fighting. And, and multiple other Jedi as well, which I think Star Wars does a really good job at, at their physicality when they're fighting. But mm-hmm. even just comparing those two I mentioned earlier, Luke changes his stance and he's very emotional and just really kind of brute forcing it instead of the Phantom Menace fight when they're all trained, they all know what they're doing. So it's very smooth and buttery and, you know, just different. <laughs> it seems so much more... It seems so back in Phantom Menace, it just seems so much more elegant, right? Almost like 
like if um i don't know we were just uh, noble knights right knights of the round table yeah you know we know we're and, in- and that does communicate a different time in in the story so pros and cons to it you know yeah all right but so to continue answering yeah yes, please. Um, so that the was empire, original is empire uh, prequel trilogy, I gotta go with Revenge of the Sith. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, my butter, my butter, that's I a smooth think... movie. Oh, yeah. That and, opening, and I'm really sorry, so but much. just the opening of that movie. Right. Continue, it's, sorry. Oh, gosh, so no, there, there's just so much to say about that movie, and I know it got a bad rap for a long time, and we could talk for hours about why it did and why it didn't, but it just really has so much. And I, well, I go back and I watch them often. Yeah. And there are still things that I usually when I'm watching Star Wars, it's up on the screen and I'm working at my desk. There are still things to this day where I put down what I'm working on and I I watch the little mm. section because it's just like a really good lighting trick or a really good scene emotionally or, or it just has so much, so much in that movie. That fight with Obi-Wan and, and Anakin. Yeah, yeah. Another emotional fight. Another one. Jeez. Yeah. And like, it's, you know, and it's, what's the word? Not cheesy, campy, or dramatic. It's drama. It is drama. Like in that fight, like when they're fighting and then their clashes match up with the volcano's lava exploding behind them. Right. Uh, it's just, I, I, was, I was telling this to Stephanie uh, the other day. I was like, you know what? Fuck. I feel like Star Wars is like our modern day, our modern day Shakespeare and Marvel too. like the, the commitment to the drama of these like grandiose scenarios depicting, yeah. I don't know, jealousy, depicting coping of loss, depicting um, betrayal. Yeah, it, it it's kind of funny because it it's all masked in this wrapper of sci-fi or, or fantasy, if you want to debate that. <laughs> um, but some people will write it off immediately because of that wrapper. Mm-hmm. What have they been telling us since we were kids? Don't judge a book by its cover. It doesn't matter that these characters are space wizards that have laser swords and walk around with a giant dog. <laughs> if you, I mean, if you really break down the story, if you strip all that away... If I sat down and told somebody a story about two brothers, not by blood, but by promise and, mm-hmm. and how close they were and the things that they went through and that now there's this huge tear between them, you would feel the emotion of that story. And then at the end, I would tell you, oh, sir, somebody already made that. It's called Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. I like the way you said that modern day Shakespeare. It can convey, I mean, at least for you and I, mm-hmm. we've had these outer world thoughts about life and about family and all these things that are probably sparked from Star Wars. Oh, if I may share with you, please. Do. I had a moment with Obi-Wan with that show. The season. Have you watched Obi-Wan fully? I have. Good, good. <laughs> uh the last I may have seen it. You may have seen it, right? Up close <laughs> and personal. Uh the last episode had me bawling my eyes yeah. out. So Darth Vader, like Anakin Skywalker, 
first off, fucking, I saw this uh, TikTok saying like, when are we going to see a, a movie where like a Harry Potter movie, not to go to another like franchise, but a Harry Potter movie where the Hufflepuff's the villain, right? And then it was someone stitching it and they were showing Anakin Skywalk and they were like, oh, there is a story about a Hufflepuff who goes bad. <laughs> and like Anakin would be Hufflepuff. He's loyal to the end and just his story. Like if 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 Qui-Gon Jinn lived, I think Anakin would not have taken the path he had taken. He would have had someone who empathized with him. You know? Yeah, that's that is interesting. That would be an interesting story to think about if Qui-Gon had lived. But at the same time, I think it brings you back to the argument of the prophecy, right? And what mm. was Anakin's true purpose. Mm. But yeah, that is interesting. Prophecy's beautiful, nah. But the Jedi screwed Anakin over. They sh- they forced him into a cage that made him into this like rabid animal with like no emotion and he wasn't built that way but all that uh, that's i just uh what you would call it um um uh what you would call it all that to say that i just love anakin's story to darth vader i love that whole arc and then to see in in obi-wan when he's fighting him and he slashes his mask and you see a part of Anakin's face and it turns a little blue, not even red, you know, and it's you can see the color playing with the him transitioning between Anakin and Darth Vader. That was beautiful. But right. when but when he let him go, when Anakin let Obi-Wan go, and I mean he let him go he let him go of his guilt when he was like, You didn't kill Anakin Skywalker, I did. You know, beautiful, beautiful line. It's so beautiful. And the tear running down his face, the transition into red to see that the anger is coming back over him. You know, it broke my heart to see Obi-Wan leave him. It broke my heart. I didn't like that because in Clone Wars or what is is it? Rebels or Clone Wars where Ahsoka fights Vader. I don't know. I think if, that's Rebels. Rebels. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't. I just know of the scene. I, I haven't seen all of Rebels, but I know the scene where they fight and Ahsoka, same thing, slashes his face, d- defeats him more or less, but leaves him. Mm-hmm. Accepts that Anakin has now he's now Darth Vader and that Anakin is gone. Right. Right. But it broke my heart to see Obi Wan walk away from him when. In, and maybe just it's the prophecy. Maybe it's just poetic writing. But we see later on in the future in the original trilogy, Luke doesn't give up. Doesn't leave. He never even met him when he was Anakin. He didn't even know who he was before the dark side found him. And yet he still said, no, man, my dad's still there. Mm-hmm. And the second he fights him, he doesn't leave him there and say, you're dead, Darth Vader. Bye. Deuces, dude. No, he kneels down. Anakin asks him, take off my mask. I want to see you with my own eyes. And then you see he has his eyes. Like, I'm just wondering, like, if Obi-Wan stayed, if he just stayed there and, and, like, imagine... Darth Vader, he's he's in his anger. He's he's rageful, right? In a, in another universe, of course, he's he's on his knees, raging like I killed Anakin, not you. And he's angry, and you see the red glowing. And if like 
Obi-Wan just walked up to him, got down on his knees with him and said, it's all right, my brother. I'm still here. I know you're in there, Anakin. You're not gone. I'll wait. Like it, it personally connected with the relationship I have in my life with um, a friend who did me wrong. And, uh, and when someone does you wrong, when someone betrays you, you know, the way Anakin betrayed Obi-Wan, you know, by betraying the Jedi force, you know, the, the Jedi, the force, betraying everything they believed in, betraying him as a brother. It broke his heart. The vision of who Anakin was or is was gone. Right. The anger, the pain now twisted what Obi-Wan thought was his friend, you know? And so in my in my life, I this person in my life was twisted and and I was so angry and I felt that anger like change me. I felt it like creating narratives in my mind. And, you know, it had too much of a hold that I did not want on me. And I realized that when I watched that scene. Mm -hmm. It's funny. I mean, just how I was saying a minute ago. The, the stories are very real. It doesn't matter what planet they happen on, right? Mm -hmm. it, it's just a story of, of brothers and, and this betrayal, right, to use your, your lingo. It's very real. And I've heard countless people say, like, oh, why did Anakin go to the dark side? He's just complaining, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. He's whining, all this stuff. If you use a study I did for myself in college, if you take some time, Watch the Star Wars movies. Pick a character. We'll use Anakin in this scenario. Only watch the scenes where he's on screen. It makes so much sense. I'd have gone to the dark side too. Yeah. It, everything adds up exactly how it's supposed to. Mm -hmm. The whole, I mean, especially the third movie, he's not feeling trusted by the Jedi Order or being able to trust them. And then everywhere you turn, they're kind of wadding him, putting him in his place. And everyone is telling him, oh, don't worry, they're fine, they're the good in the universe, they're this. And then he walks in on Mace Windu with a lightsaber at, at Palpatine's throat, which obviously we know Palpatine's intentions as the audience, but Anakin, Anakin didn't, didn't know. see that. Exactly. He walks in and like, oh, you're murdering now. Great. Yeah, <laughs> like this is what the Jedi have come to. Awesome. Yeah, exactly. And not to say so, that Palpatine didn't have, you know, a hand in manipulating Anakin, but... Palpatine's influence on Anakin was only as strong as it was because of what the Jedi were doing. Right, right. Palpatine knew the Jedi's actions so well that he was able to manipulate to his advantage. But but these emotions and these things that happen in these crazy wild stories, well, guess what? <laughs> they happen to us, too. You yeah. know, and, and you, you were talking about the anger that you felt for this friend. Mm -hmm. I mean... You even said it changes you. And mm -hmm. that's what Anakin's going through in that story, uh, being overcome by that anger and that fear and just letting it control you. You know, So to those listening, if you ever are in those strong emotions, you can put yourself in the shoes of these characters we watch on screen. And guess what? Now you have to make the decision to go to the dark side or not. Mm-hmm. And it might sound childish to be to call it the dark side, but <laughs> you know, I mean, call it what you want. You know, it's it's George Lucas said, right? Like it's always been about good versus evil, right? 
that's that right. Con- the hero's journey and all that. We all have our own hero's journey and our own fight within good versus evil, what choices we make. It's it's a journey. Uh, but do you, okay, now next, the future trilogy, our current trilogy. What is your favorite from our current trilogy? Um, most people don't like my answer to this one. Oh, tell me. Um, I have to go with The Force Awakens. Oh, no. Oh, tell me why. Well, I, I think a lot of people complained that it was just a redo of A New Hope. And mm-hmm. I understand those connections. Um, when I was in college, I kind of wrote this paper for my, my mentor about Star Wars because we used to geek out about it a lot. <laughs> and I talked about Force Awakens and I kind of predicted where they were going. I wrote this paper, I think, just before The Last Jedi came out. Uh-huh. So it was, you know, my own speculations, my own things, ideas and, and opinions it didn't happen. So yes, I was a little disappointed, <laughs> but I think they set up some really good stuff and they could have had a really rich story. Not to say that they didn't, but <laughs> it could have been a very different, also rich story after force awakens that didn't have to exactly copy the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. They could have brought it around to a different way while still keeping in touch with what we kind of identify as star Wars. Mm. But yeah, so I I think, I think my favorite is still going to be the force awakens from the sequel trilogy. It it had that familiar feeling and it was setting up a lot of good stuff. So. All right. How about you though? I'm curious. What are, what are your answers to this question? My answers. Okay. Um, for the prequel trilogy, it would have to be. It's between. It's for me. It's between Attack of the Clones and uh, and Revenge of the Sith. Okay. Because I I love the visuals of uh, Revenge of the Sith. I love the the beginning of the, the 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 space battle we got. That was an insane space battle. The fight at the end with Obi Wan and Anakin. It's beautiful. But I I I think Attack of the Clones just. Uh, changed it up. I feel like that's when they were like, it was just so daring. It was just fun. That fight on Geonosis was so epic, dude. Oh yeah. And I don't know if it's because I played uh, star Wars battlegrounds on the PS2 so much (laughs) battlefront battlefront, not battlegrounds battlefront. (laughs) Uh, I I just love the, it was just so much fun Uh, from the original trilogy empire strikes back as well. It's just different. Uh, I love how that it ends on a like not so positive note. It, 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 we want more, you know. Mm-hmm. We we learn so much about about Luke and Vader, and uh, we get the Ewoks, dude. Like, okay, cool, right on. Let's do it, man. <laughs> uh, let's see. And then from the the new trilogy, and people kind of get upset about me when I give them my answer for my favorite for the new trilogy. My favorite is uh last jedi yeah i think i think you've mentioned this before and i respect you (laughs) (laughs) see that's all it is we can respect each other have all different thoughts no that's right no dude i i people did not like what happened with luke but i personally loved it I thought it was grounding and made Luke real and made him have, it just made him not perfect. It, it, it made him just human, you know, because you know how we're talking about how loss and trauma 
you know, in our in our lives that we experience, it changes you. It can change you, you know, uh, if you let it, you know. But, and we see it with Obi-Wan. We saw it with Obi in the show in the beginning. He was changed. He's not himself anymore, disconnected from the force because of why? What happened to him? The fear. It overwhelmed him. It changed him. Right. The pain. Same thing with um, uh, in The Last Jedi. We find Luke Skywalker. He, I'm, I'm glad he's not the same person. Like, how much time has passed? Like, I hope he's a different person. And from what it looks like, he went through some shit with Ben and the Jedi Temple. We still don't know fully what happened within the cinematic universe. We don't know truly what happened. But it looked like Luke was going through shit. And when he saw the lightsaber, people were like, oh, he's so disrespectful tossing it. But when he saw it, he was probably like, as you know, our generation says nowadays, he's probably triggered. He was like, "Ugh, no, I'm connecting that to such negative shit right now. I'm not connected to the force right now. And it just it makes sense. I don't know. For me, it it makes sense because, again, uh, pain, fear, uh, experiences that are, you know, that that cause trauma to us, it, it, it will affect us. And if we don't tend to that, to those ailments, it'll change you. It'll, it'll, those effects will be very visible. And that was shown with Luke. And, and, and then at the end, oh my God, at the end where, where he fights Kylo, but he doesn't, he just uses, he fights him in the most Jedi way ever by not fighting him. Yeah. And then he goes back, he, he disappears. He's back on that cliffside facing the two sons and this character ends the way he began not not the way he began because he began as a young man staring out into that Tatooine desert the two sons wandering wondering what is my place in this universe what is my place in this galaxy what am I meant for and then last Jedi we meet that man meet that boy again but now a man and he's sitting out looking at again two sons but now he knows what his place in this galaxy is, in this universe, and he's found peace with that. And what happens? God. Like, we want this stuff to last forever. We have reboots and sequels, and we want our characters to live forever, but they can't. They shouldn't, I think, either. Like, before Star Wars, what was there? The original Dune? You know what I mean? <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> like, well, I, I do have to say that I, if if Luke's death in that movie was necessary, I do like how they carried that out. Mm. The the full circle with the twin sons that he's looking at, and the very I like how you said he fought um, Kylo Ren in a very Jedi way. He did. It, it's it's also very. Um, Mr. Miyagi, right? He let the enemy beat himself up. Yeah. Kylo was so angry and so ready to take down Luke that he was beating himself up while he was doing that. He was tiring himself out physically. He's exhausting all of his resources on this person who's not even there. Yeah. <laughs> right? So it is a very Jedi way to fight someone and an honorable exit for Luke. Mm. So I, I did like that about The Last Jedi. Mm. It's just, and dude, that not it wasn't ice. It was like a salt mineral planet or some sort, right? Yeah. But the visuals of just those speeders plowing through 
the white mineral and the red undertones coming out like visually right. it was also so like like these movies can like satisfy us you know sense with our senses in so many ways like the story hits our soul our heart but fuck the sounds right the music <laughs> the lasers the fucking the wilhelm screams or whatever you hear in oh, the movies yeah. <laughs> or, you, or you, you the things you just see you know it's just fuck it's just a, it's cool to be a nerd you know it's, it is especially right now this wasn't available like in the 70s and 80s they didn't have this much stuff being pumped out people are complaining about disney plus and how there's Maybe there's too much now and the quality's ending. But I'm like, actually, I, I personally, I'll tell you right now, I thought Miss Marvel was beautifully done. I think Great. I think people's criticize, criticism about the show, at least initial criticisms, because a lot of criticisms I heard were made before the entire show was even released. <laughs> yeah, I, I do think it's a little early to complain about something when it's not done. Yeah, Obi Wan yeah. had the same effect. Everyone yeah, was complaining yeah. about Obi Wan on Episode Two, and I'm like, guys, can you just be patient? Yeah, like we're barely on Episode Two. This is the appetizer. They're teasing us, you know. You exactly. Because uh, and, and it really like if you think about going to Barnes and Noble, you pick up a book and you read a paragraph, and like, oh, I can't believe they're doing this. And like, well, then uh, <laughs> what? What do you? You don't even know what they're doing yet. You're yeah. only a paragraph in. <laughs> It, like you read Sorcerer's Stone for the first time or Philosopher's Stone, wherever you live. Uh, you read it for the first time and you're like, what the fucking God, his uncle and aunt suck. Fuck this book, dude. Right. If you chose to put that book down at that point, you've just robbed yourself of such a huge, rich story. <laughs> and it's the same thing with us complaining at the beginning of shows. Us, I mean the audience, you know? Yes. If if you want to complain about a show that's just started, you're you're robbing yourself of what could be something that you really truly love. Mm-hmm. And you don't know at that point. So just be patient, let it play out, and then make your comments. I'm completely fine with people complaining about things that I love, but understand or at least experience the whole thing first and then make your judgments, you know. Well said. Doing doing all these early criticisms, I was kind of just laughing at because I don't know. I just think it's silly. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. Like, because ultimately, like people people do get very passionate, and you know what? It's beautiful to see people have this kind of raw emotion, right? Like, people are gonna have their opinions, be them go- good or bad, but it's still good. That being said, it's still great to see people, whether it's on TikTok, YouTube, they're a personal blog, right? They're expressing themselves. You know, we have the ability to do that. You know, we can't complain about that. But at the end of the day, like when we talked about earlier, once the project is out, like it's out, it's not like nothing can be done. So, I mean, might as well be in the moment, forget all, all your expectations you had prior to sitting down in the theater and put all that away and just sit down, take a breath and watch the movie. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right. So it looks like I, I think this is a good time to bring up uh, one of my favorite moments in the podcast. I always do this at the end. Okay. I hope. Uh, are you still good on time? Yeah, definitely. Ah, nice. Okay. So 
Uh, are you familiar with Inside the Actor Studio? I think m- barely. James Lipton, <laughs> uh, Pace University. Uh, it's a lecture they have at that school, and they made it into a TV show on Bravo. Uh, so they would have actors come in. James Lipton would interview them. And then at the end, he would have these 10 questions that he would ask his guests. And uh, I have those questions here that I've been asking all my guests. Because it's sure, a fun I way to that. just, yeah, it's good. It's a fun way to get to know you better. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Hit me. All right, here we go. Question number one What is your favorite word? Wow, that, such a simple and such a complex question (laughs) um goodness that's not it by the way (laughs) i almost marked Um, it you know i think i'm gonna and maybe this is just because we've been talking about star wars and getting to thinking about you know life and things but i think i'm gonna go with the word harmony Mm. I think even just saying that word or hearing that word, it kind of already conveys a little bit of what it means. Yeah, I like that. What is your least favorite word? Um, I think... Can I, can I give you a group of three? Oh yeah, of course. Is that all right? Okay. Why not? And and this is these are my least favorite words, but I also am responsible for using them too cuz sometimes it just happens, but I really don't like the should have could have would have group of words. Because if you think about it, they don't do anything for you now. If something happened in the past, <laughs> I should have done this, I could have done that. You can learn from it. And move forward, but in this moment right now, that is not an excuse for what happened, right? You can't, you can't change the past. So whenever people use those types of words to make it okay or things, you know, that have happened, I'm not a fan of that. What turns you on? What makes you happy? Creativity. Yeah. I think that's the the simple answer. People being creative, things that are creatively made or have creative functions. Um, yeah. What turns you off? What makes you unhappy? These are really tough questions. <laughs> Take your time. No rush. If you if you have to sit with it for a second, please by all means, you are not rushed. Well, I think my my instinct is to say, you know, struggle or or stress and things like that, but those often breed things that can be good. So I don't want to say that. Something that turns me off. Um, that's a tough one. I don't know. Would you would you have anything? to to chime in with this question to maybe help me understand what my answer would be uh something that turns me off it's a honestly a pet peeve Uh, it turns me off when people take something of mine without asking 
whether it's like grabbing a fry from my stack without asking because I'm happy to share. But like, could you could you please ask? Like, you know what I mean? That's, okay. that's something of mine if that helps. I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. Um, well, this reminds me of three things that really, really turn me off. Uh, they may be a little ridiculous, a little surface level, but they really do grind my gears. Uh, <laughs> It, the year is 2022. We should have some kind of technology that keeps the toppings on my pizza. When you grab a nice slice of pizza and you take that first bite and the whole carpet of cheese comes with that first bite, ridiculous. Why are we doing this? <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> I know it's ridiculous, but it is a pet peeve. That's like the number one, I think. That's good. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> what sound or noise do you love? It's going to it's going to be I'm going to get a little cheesy now. But um I really really love the sound of my girlfriend's giggle. Oh. <laughs> And and one of those real like silly, giggly type laughs. It's one of my favorite sounds. Nice. <laughs> what sound or noise do you hate? Dirofoam, definitely on the list. <laughs> yeah, something about that. All right. Especially when it's like other multiple chunks of styrofoam, like all rubbing against each other. No, no, I'm out. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What is your favorite curse word? That's a tough one, too. They're so versatile, you know. I don't think I've sworn much on this podcast, but for those who know me uh, personally, you may have heard a couple. (laughs) Oh, especially after I worked a cruise line contract. I think you really earn your sailor's mouth when you work on a boat. (laughs) Oh, that's a whole other story, right? I don't even know. I didn't even ask you about that in this, in all this podcast. That'll be for the next time. Maybe. Yeah. There's there's a lot in there. It's a lot to unpack, but I I think I'm going to have to go with damn. Yeah, you can really use it in a lot of different ways. I mean, most of them you can, but if you want to go biblical, you know, you can go classic, like, I damn you to this. Oh. Or you can be new age and like, damn, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love it, dude. All right, all right. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Hmm. That's tough because I kind of already work in a lot of different areas. Oh, okay. You know what? No, this is actually a really easy answer. The very first job I ever was serious about doing. And I mean, back when, back when your answer to what do you want to do was like, I'm going to be a ninja or things like that. Right. My, my first answer was astronaut. I really wanted to be an astronaut and explore the cosmos. Um, yeah, so that's probably what I could do. If I could trade in. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I don't want to... This engineering thing, 
you know, like being good with like no space, please. Wait, they need engineers <laughs> in space. Time out. Let's not for no, we can't. No, 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 we can't. We can't forget Does about that. Does that not count? We 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 need you. In, no, I'm just saying like you can't give up on your engineering if you want to be an astronaut. <laughs> like yes, it totally counts. But you but we gotta need you to make like those hats in space. I don't know why they're oh, yeah. needed, but Mars needs them. Well, you know, come come September October this year, they're gonna open a Spirit Halloween up on the ISS. So maybe I could go up there and sell some Halloween costumes. Or something. <laughs> I believed you for one second, dude. I was like, no way. They got if up there. there. Is- any square foot of empty space in October, it has to be occupied by a spirit Halloween store. <laughs> and there's always going to be a line. How'd you get up here in the ISS? What? Uh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know. My, my wife was parking the car and now I'm here. <laughs> She's parking the car? Where? In fucking space? <laughs> All right. What profession would you not like to do? I'm I'm really not um, a manager of any sorts. I don't mind being in charge of a group of people or maybe a project or something. But when it comes to real scale scheduling and and budgets and and kind of being the boss, I'm not into that. Mm. Yeah, I would I would much rather work for someone else than be my own boss. And final question. Bum, bum, bum. If heaven exists, what do you hope God tells you as you enter the pearly gates? Ooh. I, I would hope. Hmm. <laughs> Well, first off, if I'm walking to the pearly gates and I see God, I hope he goes, what's up? Because <laughs> I just want him to be a little more casual. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I think this question kind of taps into people's life goals. Mm, oh. Right? Because you, you kind of want whatever your life goal, you want to be successful in that. mm and clearly in that scenario, this is the only person who can tell me if I've done that or not. And I've, I've always said that I hope to leave this world in a better place than when I came into it. So I would hope to hear that I have succeeded in that goal of even if it's just a grain of rice in the scale, I just hope that I can leave my positive mark on the world. Nice. All right, man. Thanks, man. Those are interesting questions. Yeah, of course. I'll have to go and watch some of that show um, that you were talking about. A really cool full full circle moment that happens in in that show was when uh, first it was uh, it starts with Robert De Niro being a guest on the show. Normal, you know, interview with a lecture. Cool, cool, cool. There's a moment. Uh, a segment in the in the in the interview where the audience, which is completely filled with, uh, I believe, all grad students of that of Pace University, and they get to ask questions. Well, when Robert De Niro was a guest, who raises his hand but a very young Bradley Cooper? 
Okay. And he asks Mr. De Niro a question. Cool, cool, cool. Years later, Bradley Cooper is doing, I believe, Hangover 1 or 2, and he's now a guest on the show. It was, <laughs> like, it's just one of those cool little full circle moments. You know, you get to see just happen where he began, and you're like, fuck, you're here. Okay, it's possible. Right. Yeah, that's awesome. All right. That is well, a very full circle moment. <laughs> well, we made it to the end of the line here. Is there anything, Zach, you want to say before we uh, we cut off? Anything you want to share? Plug anything? Anything at all? Just thank you. It's been an honor coming to talk to you on here and and being a part of the show officially. I feel like I'm going down in history. Ah, oh, dude, I'm I'm the one who's honored. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Huzzah. was the end of the episode you have now made it to the to the outro here we are thanks for being here uh i really appreciate it that was zach elefante you can find uh in for more information about zach and what he does at zach z-a-c-h underscore elefante e-l-e-f-a-n-t-e or if you want to join in on his weekly recaps you can find him on tiktok at elefante.zach the same spelling as before uh you can also go find my socials go have fun steven brogan cortez i'm trying really hard to make that a brand you know what i mean brand it up so just search steven brogan cortez wherever you want on social media and see what happens i don't know could be fun uh don't forget you are enough you are more than enough it is crazy how enough you are Okay, bye.